Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a listener-supported program of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Although it seems so unsafe and threatening, the only way into redemption is to turn full face into the consuming fire of God's holiness. There let him expose your sin and reveal his power to cleanse you. From that moment, life begins to change. You have remaining a wonderful glory to bask in and praises to give and a home where you can forever live. What's the residue of the person who comes in the redeeming experience of God's presence is glory. The holiness of God, by the way, and the glory of God are often juxtaposed together in Scripture. Remember the words of the seraphim? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Holiness and glory are put together. In Revelation chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, you have a combination of the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb as the redeemed throughout all the ages are before the eternal throne of God. And there the redeemed from all ages give praise to God and they say this in verses 3 and 4 of Revelation chapter 15. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints or of the holy ones. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all the nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been made manifest. Glory and holiness put together. The glory of a thing is its worth made known and understood. The glory of anything is its worth expressed and made known. To know God's glory is to somehow begin to understand God's great worth as it pertains to your life. It's worth to you. To glorify God, so to see God's glory, and to understand God's glory is to see His worth and the worthiness of God as it pertains to your life. To glorify God is to proclaim that worthiness to others and to make it known to those around you. I see, oh God, that you are worth everything to me and I proclaim your worthiness to others. A young man who falls in love with a gal might see that share glory and all the value of light and blessing and benefit it brings to his life. And then he turns and he shares and he extols her to others and he's glorifying her to others. God's holiness comes and reveals to us our sin. It comes and strips us bare before him and brings us to confession. But then it comes in our confession to bring us his redemption and life. God's holiness, get this folks, God's holiness revealed to us and come before and faced brings us into his salvation. And it is God's salvation. It is God's redeeming work that reveals his worth to us. God the Savior. His glory is found in your salvation. Have you ever thought to yourself, God, I want to see your glory. I want to know how glorious you are and... This thought came to me this week. God, your glory is in my salvation. How glorious and wonderful that you're my Savior. That you would display your worthiness before all people. By what? By saving me. By redeeming me. Whenever you read in the Bible of God's glory being extolled, I want you to notice something. Almost on every occasion, 
God will be presenting himself as a savior and a deliverer and a rescuer and a redeemer. Even when he's bringing judgment on enemies, it's only to rescue those of his people. The glory of God is in his saving work. Encountering the holiness of God brings us to the redeeming, saving work of God. And the salvation of God is God's glory. And therefore, holiness and glory are juxtaposed together, just like holiness and redemption are put together. Listen to these verses. Psalm 21.5. His glory is great in your salvation. Psalm 62.7. In God is my salvation and my glory. Psalm 79.9. Help us, O God, of our salvation for the glory of your name and deliver us and provide atonement for our sins for your name's sake. Psalm 85.9. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that glory may dwell in our land. That we might know unendingly the worthiness of God to ourselves, his worth to our lives, his greatness to our lives. 2 Timothy 2.10 speaks of our salvation in this way. It speaks of our salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The glory of God, the worthiness of God, known and understand by ourselves and proclaimed by us is the proclamation and experience of His salvation. If you wish to experience the glory of God and of Jesus, consider how the holy God brought to you salvation from sin. Your salvation is God's work. And it's God's glory made known to you. And by the way, this is why God will not allow or permit, and it's not possible that you can ever save yourself by your own works, by your own efforts, and by your own trying, because God will not share His glory with anyone else. God alone is glorious. God alone has all worth in life. Salvation comes from Him alone. And every individual who's trying in some way to save themselves by their good works or their good deeds or because they perform better than another person or because they follow some spiritual plan of development, every person who does that is trying to, believe it or not, deny God glory and get glory for themselves. I have some of the worth here. The worthiness is in me and what I do. No. God alone belongs glory. And God is glorious in our salvation and our salvation comes through Him alone. So when the people delivered through the Red Sea, they see the glory of God's holiness as salvation to them. Here's another thing that they're left with, rejoicing. Rejoicing. They say that God is fearful and praises. God's holiness was judgment on the Egyptians, but deliverance to the Israelites. Andrew Murray has a book that has been helping me quite a bit. It's called Holiness in Christ. Andrew Murray asked that we might see ourselves for a moment both as Egyptians and as Jews before the holiness of God. Taking the story. First, that we might see ourselves under the judgment of the holy fire of God that went out to those Egyptians, and that we would cry out our confession before Him, that His judgments are true and righteous altogether, and that we cry out that we're undone before Him, and we plead for His mercy and His forgiveness. He actually writes this, quote, By nature I am the Egyptian, an enemy doomed for destruction. But by grace, I am an Israelite chosen for redemption. But it's important, he says, that we see ourselves in both ways. That we lay ourselves out before the judgment of God and submit to the death that we deserve under His judgment. 
that we discover that his fire is coming to bring judgment upon us for our sins and we confess this. And it's only then he says that we can discover that this fire actually will move beyond us to part the seas of our sin and lead us into freedom from captivity and a life of grace as an Israelite. Think about it. How the tide turns. How there is this reversal of fortune. Before the holy God, I see that I deserve death and I have nothing to offer but death and he is, I am found out and undone. And at that very moment when I think the fire would come upon me to destroy me, I cry out in fear and I cry out in confession. Instead, the fire comes and forgives me and cleanses me and purges me and makes me new. And in the reversal of that fortune, oh, the praises. Oh, the praises. Listen, the Jews did not know God well as they came out of slavery for 400 years in Egypt. And when that fire was spinning around before them, I think they were just as fearful that it would fall upon them as the Egyptians. But instead it led them through the seas, safe on the other side, and set them free. And it destroyed that thing, those ones who were holding them in bondage. The praise and the rejoicing that comes to the person who has bowed down in fear before a holy God and found that God would raise them up to life and a life of glowing praise. Moses came before that booth. Moses saw this holy God. Moses had to stand at a distance. Moses was afraid to look because he was afraid the fire would come out and consume him. But if you go on with the story, Moses then is called up into the mount. And Moses goes up in the mount. And although he can't see the full expression of the holiness of God, God reveals himself to Moses. And you read the account in Exodus chapter 33. And what, what does God proclaim? That he's a God of mercy and forgiveness. A God of judgment, but a God of forgiveness to those who will turn to Him and come to Him. And He encounters this holy God. And, and Moses comes down from the mount and his face is shining. Shining and glowing with a sense of God's presence and praise. God, I want my life to shine. Well, that's what's left over. That's what's left over when you come before God and you face Him and you see Him. No one can see God and live you cannot see me and live, God said, because of his holiness. But Moses was brought up nonetheless. And there Moses experienced the Lord, God merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. The glory of salvation began to shine all over his life and it shined out as he came down from that mount. Here's what I have written here. The deeper God brings you into humbleness before him, the deeper he brings you into fear of him, the more God brings you into death, death to all your confidence and your self-assurance before his awesome authority and power, the sooner and the higher God will lift your life up in praise and rejoicing. It's before his holiness, trembling as a weak slave, that God parts the water to lead you into salvation, and this is the path that we are to stay on. We live in a day and age in which people are constantly trying to find their sense of themselves by promoting themselves on media pages and trying to reflect whatever the latest trend is to groom their position so that everybody knows that we're a nation of posers is what we are. We're posing and we're trying to set our force with a, such a brave face and we're looking for either acceptance or sympathy or whatever it is, but all of it is our unreal projections of an untrue image. You come before God, a holy God, and you meet Him, a, the true and holy God, and you let him melt away your status. You let him melt away your own 
sense of what you want to groom yourself to be before others and you lay before him slain of self and sin and God will meet you there and God will live in you there and God will make himself real to you there and God will clothe you in his own holiness there. In that moment of death, your life becomes a glowing force of praise. Here's the last thing. Glory, praise, and the last one is God became a habitation for them. Before the holiness of God, the fire of his combined perfections, the laser blaze of his moral being, perfectly true, perfectly just, perfectly sinlessly good. People can't take it. They wince and they turn away and they run and they hide from God. But if they would turn to God and if they'd ask God to make himself known to them, if they would pray that God would reveal the fearfulness of his holiness to them, he would show them that if he would bring them before the unapproachable light, they would discover that this God who's a consuming fire is also our home. And so the John who writes that God lives in an unapproachable light also writes that we may walk in the light as he is in the light. I'm glad you've listened in today to the Bread of Life. We're introducing this radio ministry differently now. We're presenting it primarily as a listener-supported ministry of the International Outreach Church Partnership Evangelism. You can learn more about this ministry, which has expressions in well over 50 countries, by going to our local Missions Fellowship's website, breadoflifeboise.org, or you can go to cpeonline.org. If you have enjoyed this program over the years, let me encourage you to consider donating to its ongoing broadcast. Your donations also will help us in the work of evangelism, discipleship, and church planting that we've been pursuing for the last 30 years. Now, thanks for listening. Until our next time, may God bless you.